go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Last Word on Hockey. This is season one, episode 14. We are here to discuss the Stanley Cup final. The Tampa Bay Lightning are your Stanley Cup champions. We are also here to talk about the end of an era in New York as Henrik Lundqvist has been bought out by the New York Rangers. But first, we're going to start with a Stanley Cup final. While it might not have been the sexy matchup, it was good hockey for six games, and the last three games were the best between the Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars, and the Tampa Bay Lightning hoist the Stanley Cup for the second time in franchise history, first time since 2004, and they are the only team from the 90s expansion to win two Stanley Cups thus far. Uh, you know, we I think we all said it on August 1st or before August 1st. We said that if Tampa Bay can overcome the first round and learn from their experience from last year, they were going to be the team to beat. Now, yep. with that said, I stuck with the stars to the bitter end. I mean, we didn't do our prediction show that week, but I did predict the stars in six to, you know, when we did our ancillary shows or off camera and I stuck with them they didn't do it, but they, they sure as heck battle Tampa right down to the, to the end. I mean, you know, it, it took a shutout in, in, in game six to win it. That's all I've got to say. Congratulations to Tampa. Vic, Victor Hedman was the logical unanimous Con Smythe trophy winner. Although I'm sure Jay's sitting over there saying, how do you not give love to a goalie? who pitches a shutout in the clinching game, but uh, I'll let Jake pick up on that. Hey, man, his, his team, you see all those blocked shots? You see how they were all yeah. diving at the yep. end? I mean, that was a total team effort. And they played, I mean, they played the way Dallas, Dallas, Dallas looked like they couldn't make any offensive, anything to get into the zone without dumping. I mean, Tampa seemed to have had their number. They did. In this game. They really it was crazy. They, I mean, to think about it, I mean, the way they were blocking all those shots, it reminds me of like Tortorella teams, maybe McDonough and Girardi got in those guys' ears. You guys got to <laughs> sacrifice your body, block the shots. But it was interesting because it once like points scored in game six, it seemed like Dallas was either wanted to go home, checked out, or they just ran out of gas. They ran I mean, out they of gas. Great, they had a great run. And granted, you went to double overtime in game five. You went to overtime in game four. And it was a back-to-back, and then you only had a day off in between. A lot of hockey in a short period of time, and I guess they just ran out of steam. I mean, give credit to Tampa Bay for locking it all down, but they Dallas just wasn't them, themselves in that game. And But Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, and Jamie Benn played some of the best hockey they've played in. You got to feel bad for a guy like Pavelski. We talk about the winners. We always talk about the winners, like the Lightning, but we always forget about the losers. And in this case, Dallas had a heck of a run. And I will say, Hedman, yes, while he was the clear-cut Consmy Trophy winner, Vasilevsky. you could have given it to, to Vasilevsky, you could have given it to Point, you could have given it to Kucherov. Any one of those guys, anybody would have been fine with. But Hedman, 10 goals in the, in the playoffs. All of his points came in the playoffs, by the way. Most goals by a defenseman since Brian Leach in 1994 94. for the Rangers. And prior to that was Paul Coffey. So, I mean, that's great company. And if a defenseman scores 10 goals in a playoffs, you got to give it to him. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. As a defenseman, I, I, can't, I can't argue that. <laughs> no, I, 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 will, I will say this. 
most series, the odd games are the pivotal games. Game three is always like the pivotal game. They say game five in this series, it was game four, that overtime game, because if Dallas wins that game, you're two, two, and it's a best of three by losing that game and Tampa going up three games to one that, that you're, you've got house money and you can do a lot of different things. Like, especially that double, double overtime game, you could obviously see Dallas played completely desperate because they had to, otherwise they go home and Tampa still had a little left in the tank. And in game six, you sure as heck sure saw how they had left what they had left in their tank and Dallas just couldn't get their sea legs. That's not an excuse. It's credit to Tampa for putting Dallas in that position. You win series, you know, by not sometimes when you lose games, you still set yourself up to win a series. And I give Tampa a lot of credit. And I give Coop a lot of credit too, because he's now won as a head coach on every level that that guy's had a clipboard in his hand and a whistle in his mouth. Yes. Yep. I mean, Jay, what did you think? I mean, it's not like Hudobin had a bad series. Either no. Dallas. I mean, no. the guys in one game, just, he had one bad game and it was one. game three, but other than that, he played well for Dallas. And it, it's not like, you know, you could point fingers and say, oh, you should have had this goal or that goal. I mean, those no. goals that they scored, I mean, they maybe the goals. first the, the first goal that in game six, maybe you could point to and say, all right, I guess he thought he had it and it just came out. He just didn't know where he was. But he played a heck of a series for the stars. Yeah, he, he played. No, he, he played great. Um, you know, that other game. Overnight sensation after 15 years, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you know, Tampa Bay, without a doubt, did a lot of, you know, to, to search and see what his weak point was. And you could see they were shooting high. You know, who, um, who you know, he, he's great low and he has a great glove hand and he was controlling most of the rebounds. But you could see Tampa Bay would definitely, they were trying to shoot high every time they had an opportunity. Um, five foot 11, right? It's considered small in this league. And um, like Mark, when we were watching the game over at Eric and Andy, I'm like, stand up. He gave up that one goal against the-, the You called that. On his, on his, on his uh, kneeling down. I'm like, stand up. Gave up. He looked, he, he was given up high. It looked like you had the whole net to shoot at. Well, you, you, you said it, you said it the best that night. You said- you said those six foot four goalies, when they get on their knees, they're still six foot four goalies. And when you put a, a five eleven or a six foot goalie on his knee, knees, that the top corners, I disappear when I do that with the stupid background. The top corners, they become they become targets. And these guys all are great at picking corners. So you give them a corner and they can pick it and they're gonna take it. And so I agree with you, but you know, you can't fault that guy. No. I, no. I mean I, I wouldn't I, not. Tampa won it, Dallas did not lose. No. And look, Tampa, Tampa played tentative in Game Five, late in that in that in third period when they were up two one. When Sergeyev makes it two one, they tried to play Dallas Stars type hockey instead of attack, attack, attack like they did throughout Game Six. If they just play attacking hockey, we're not talking about a Game Six on Monday night. I agree. Joe Pavelski gets his nose in front of the net. Corey Perry, <laughs> you know, it's funny the two guys they signed in the offseason Stars Perry. And Pavelski scored the last six goals for the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup final. So don't tell me these guys don't know how to win, don't know how to win because they do. Harry won with the Ducks in 07. Joe Pavelski's yet to win. 
but you know he's won on other levels and you feel bad for guys like that Jamie Ben you could see in a post game press conference we find out Sagan's playing with wrist knee groin I mean these guys are just of course they are up. the stars just just ran out of gas ran out of bodies so many injuries um, but you know it looks like Rick Bonus is going to be sticking around as a head coach but flip it back over to Tampa I mean they knew they had to get it done. This this was the year for them to get it done. And Steven Stamkos, two minutes, 47 seconds, five ships, one goal, one shot on net. That's all you need to know about the Hollywood ending for Stamkos. Gets his name on the cup, wins a cup. He contributed. He scores a big goal in game three. So, I mean, you know, the narrative is he didn't play much. Guess what? He only played one game and delivered. Guys like Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau, Pat Maroon, those guys, they brought it in, got the grit, figured out how to win. And Mark, those said, guys were more valuable. And Mark yeah. said it best, and I brought this up on Raw Mike Richards show on Tuesday. Go back. Tampa Bay won this Stanley Cup in round one, in game one. If they don't win the five overtime game, the questions about Columbus keep continuing to creep up on them. And yeah. if they lose that, I game, think if they lose that game, they weren't, they didn't get to the cup. <laughs> No, of course not. I said it right then and there. It just that no. that cemented the fact that the guys that they brought in were the right guys because they gave them the grit that this team, I mean, there's nobody in the hockey world who could ever say that this team didn't have the eye hand coordination, the skill players. They had the skill players up the yin yang. It was the grit, the scoring those goals within th- two feet of the of the of the net was what this team didn't have. They didn't have the guys who were tough in the corners. They didn't have the guys who were going to get down and block the shots. And guess what? They added those guys. They won that five overtime game. And that, that game blew up my bracket and, and ascended their team to a championship, to a Stanley yeah. Cup championship. Absolutely. In my it's opinion. Not, and Vasilevsky in that game was out of, out of his mind, and he was out of his mind Ooh. the whole playoffs. And both any goalie that gets to five overtimes, it's not the goalie's fault when that game gets lost. <laughs> no, no. no, no. And we talked about we talked about in that game too about how Corpusalo played great in that game. It was just a bounce that beat him. I mean, that game could have been going on. This that game could still be going on. For you, all we had known. You you know what? I I think that Vasilevsky, who plays great normally, stepped his game up big time in the Stanley cup finals and coach Jay, you said it the best when we were hanging out over in burn park, you said, you think that's had something to do with the fact that Halibut got the Vezina and he didn't. And that lit an additional fire as if anyone in the cup need finals needs that on his under his rear end. And I think you're right about that. How did you feel as a goalie with your pride? You know, you're the guy here and he's the guy sitting at home playing golf. Hmm. You want to hit people. You want to hit people when you can't hit people. You're pissed off. I mean, I'm here. He's there. How did I not win this? Where is he? I'm he, I'm here. How did he win it? How could the G? He, he had to have taken it personal. There, there's no way as a goalie. If you go again, you know, if I'm facing 60 shots a game and I know I'm losing every game I'm going into, but I don't quit. You know, that's what a goalie has to be. A goalie has to be prepared mentally that, you know. But forget that. Forget that. How do you feel that you're a Stanley Cup contending goaltender and the other guy's a first-round knockout artist? 
you know, no, I mean, he's, he's not a big postseason guy. And, and I understand that the vote is based on the regular season, but, and even though it might not have been meant as a slight to you, do you still make that your bulletin board material every game when you go in there and just when you have to dig down deep for a little more, you do? Without, without a doubt. I mean, it was announced before the game. So he's sitting there getting in like, Hellenbuck? You're like, you're getting shit. Hellenbuck? Um, what? Good, so it good point, like Jimmy. Like good point for Jimmy. Saying. Jimmy, why does this league announce these awards during – this, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is the highlight of their season, why can't they wait till afterward when when then you clean it up afterward and that's how like it's kind of like your lazy off season where at least you're keeping people's interest and you can bleed those out day by day. Baseball does their Cy Young Award and all their stuff afterward, you know, so that it, it comes out to keep interest when the season's over. Why is hockey pissing that around with that stuff during the regular during the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't get it. Well, I can I can answer it somewhat for you. So First I need off, to know. I'm gonna, go to, I, I'm gonna go to Jay's thing. It, what he was talking it reminds me about what I watched in the last dance about Michael Jordan. He took his game to another level when that when he didn't win MVP. He could have no. won it every year, but guess should've. what? He has the ring. Vasilevsky's got the ring. Hedman's got the ring. Neither one of them won the awards they should have won. They should have. Roman Yosi, Roman Yosi, great. I, I mean, guy deserves a Norris, but Hedman is in the conversation every year. Probably should win a Norris. Uh, Vasilevsky, you couldn't go wrong with any of those guys. I think Colin Beck had the best regular season, but Vasilevsky gets the championship, so it doesn't matter. But in regards to the, the, the announcement, there's so much going on leading up now till next Tuesday, which is the NHL draft, draft. that they didn't really We'll be doing a, a special show, by the way. Yes, we are. There is a Plunk. lot of – there's not a lot of time for them to announce it, and I think they announced it on days that, you know – where they had games where they had final to keep people around. I mean, it wasn't like it was going to be an award show this year where they were going to be from Vegas and everything else. They just like, just knocked them out with like, all right, these are the guys that win it. Well, now it's these awards. Then we'll wait till the, for the big ones until the Stanley cup final. Maybe you could have done it on an off day every other day during the final. So you could have done it like that, but you know what is what it is. They announced the awards, use it as motivation. You look at it as. I think he used it as motivation. Yeah. Poor but I mean, I mean, look, I mean, look, you just you just roll with it. It's the National Hockey League. You know, I, again, we're criticizing a little thing. I got to give them a round of applause. Tip the hats to Gary Bettman. Well, wait, wait, a, wait a second. I was, I was going to say, let's do a little segment over here. Let's do let's do two things. Kudos. Let's give kudos to things that we saw during these these playoffs. And then let's do our pet peeves about it. So let's do the pet peeve first then do your kudo afterward. So this way we finish on a high note. So what's your right, pet so, peeve? So my pet peeve, really, I mean, if you want to nitpick at anything, yeah. when we had when we had Emily Kaplan on, when, when we had a great show with that, had, you know, 1,300 views, people listening now on the podcast on Anchor. Um, the biggest pet peeve is I think the bubble life could have been a little bit better for these players. From yeah. what I'm reading and hearing from, it wasn't what it was advertised. They were supposed to have families there. They only had them until the Stanley Cup. They only got them in the Stanley Cup final. It wasn't like the NBA bubble where guys were fishing and golfing and all this stuff. It was a lot more controlled than it needed to be. Guys were stuck in hotel rooms and all that stuff. So guys weren't up for that. But for me, the on-ice product, the fact that they pulled it off, the fact that they got everybody there, zero positive tests. 43,000 tests. Through 43,000 tests, zero positives, stuck in a bubble for 65 days, got a Stanley Cup champion crown. They pulled it off credit to Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, 
Matthew Schneider, Donald Field for getting it done. You know what? They were a lot of question marks whether or not they could pull this off. They got it done. Coach Jay, your pet peeve uh, and, and your kudos. Um, you know what? I don't know if I have too much of a, of a peeve. Then I don't mean, give it. That's fine. You no, know, I'm not because, you know what? This was an, ex, an experimental thing just to get the hockey playoffs where they can get this done and have the Stanley Cup. No one knows, just like no one really knows how you catch it or how you don't catch it. And for them to do what they did, but like you said, you could have had to let the family in a little earlier. I mean, it make plays stir crazy. They're in enough pressure, you know, being you know, isolated as it was. But listen, it's a learning. They know they can get the, the NHL season going now because of the, the success they had with doing it and they'll learn from it. Um, I'll tell you, give it, give it to, uh, give it to the players. Cause I'll tell you one thing without fans there, the players played and they weren't concerned if they were fans there or not. They put it, they had, they put it all on the ice. There was nothing with the fans not being there that affected the, the way they played and, 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 and the heart that they gave into, into the Stanley cup, you know, winning the state, you know, the whole playoffs for all the teams. So gotcha. give it to them and give it up. Who bowling for, for, I'll tell you, there, there's my, you know, if I'm going to raise a flag and say, here's a guy, like you said, 15 years, never a starter, you know, nobody, he, 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 he took this team on his back, but there were reasons why, you know, you're not a starter after 15 years, but you know what? His name is never going to be forgotten now as a goalie for getting to the Stanley cup finals when no one expected them to. You're, you're right. I mean, pet peeves, I think, I think I've probably beaten enough of those up. I'm the resident complainer, but, but I, I will say this is my, my pet peeve. It's Gary Bettman. Like he had to sneak in and take the picture with them, with the cup. We brought him. I, I will say, I will say before you get on that Tampa Bay requested before that, he said I, that Tampa yes. Bay wanted to go around him for the announcement of the cup. But, so, but he should have backed away so fast, and he hammed well, it up and stood take, there. But they did take another team picture after. They did, but but still, if if I'm him and I'm the commissioner, you're 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 the bureaucrat. Your job is you hand out the cup. First of all, it was a great one for him because it's the first time in like 20 years when his name was announced. He didn't get booed, so yeah, I know. he must he must have been excited. I was waiting to see what they were going to pipe in. Are they going to pipe in the booing that he normally gets? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was waiting for, you know, but so I, I didn't, I didn't see that, but so that was my little pet peeve. I thought he hammed it up a little bit. He should have given that cup up and, you know, he could have got down on his knees and no one would have saw him behind the table. So he could have, <laughs> he could have hit very easily. So that, that's my pet peeve. My, my, my thumbs up though, is the, you know, that it, it goes in line with my pet peeve, which is, you know, him in the league, my thumbs up is what the league did to get this thing and pull and pull it off. There were times when we thought, you know, maybe it wouldn't happen, you know, and then they and then they got it together. And then one of the smartest things they did was instead of finishing off the East in Toronto and finishing off the West in Edmonton and then either carting them all to another site or making one meet the other one, they were smart enough to do the conference semifinals all in the same building. So nobody could say, oh, we had to travel before the finals. You know, that was a genius maneuver. And so I got to give them a lot of credit for that. But let's face it, the, the, the real 
the real hero in everything is Lord Steel, Stanley's child. It's the reason those guys gave up two months with their families because, Absolutely. because that is the most coveted and hardest to win trophy in all of professional sports. And there's a reason why it is. And there's a reason why these guys get it. The, the Canadian guys, it's in their DNA. The American guys, it's kind of like, you know, they married into the family and they learned about it. And it's now becoming part of their DNA. The, the European guys, they're like immigrants who are assimilating and they get it too. And the reality of it is that once you see that cup and you watch what people have to go through to get it. I mean, what we're talking about, Tyler Sagan with like a wrist that's like bent this way and stuff wrist, like that. groin. He had everything going on. Exactly. I mean, Stamkos, we still don't know what was wrong with that guy, but he still gave it a go. His doctors probably said, are you a nut? And then he goes out and he slides through the boards off of a check, which, by the way, I thought he was being lined up for a crushing hip check. And he slides through. He scores that goal. And then he says goodbye. You know, yeah, he gets he's a, he's a, yo, I'm out. He I gets mean, his name wait. on the cup. Which is great. I mean, because, you know, honestly, I think that they would have probably argued to get his name on the cup anyway because of what he means to the franchise. But by at least getting into that game and he scores a goal, so you can't say, hey, the guy didn't do anything. So and and honestly, he's not one of my favorite guys, to be to be honest. But I give him credit for that. You know, it's what these guys do. Right. It's what these guys do. You know, think about think about like I I remember going back to like '94 when the Rangers won. They had they was it the Black Aces, those guys who just practiced and then occasionally they got into a game when a guy got injured. You don't win the cup with just the 20 guys who are on the ice and the no. and the goalie. It's all those other guys who are practicing. It's all the people who are putting your team in the right place. The equipment guys, the medical staff. These are these are all unsung heroes that keep it going. And even worse in bubble hockey. To think if you think about it, they've got to do even more to do it. I just say the NHL put on a great show and I just hope and I pray that that they don't do what they normally do when they do something great is shoot themselves in the foot afterward. They got to build on this. Well, that's the big question. The next question is, what do we see next year? Gary Bettman is emphatic that they play 82 games, but but, but I will. read And in this. front of fans, he says, right. I will read this that I, I got um, from some people I've been talking to. So one major sticking point for the schedule next year is July 22nd, 2021. Why is July 22nd so important? It's the, the date of the Tokyo Olympics and it's on NBC. NBC. They need to finish next season before that date. Why? Because the NHL will get kicked off of NBC because of the Olympic package. That they'll be, they'll be shoveled it. over to USA Network again. And you know it. So how do they figure out of getting 82 games in? Well, they better start in January. And if they don't get 82 games in, they better figure out at least getting 70-plus in to get revenue back. But they are emphatic on 82. We'll see how they do it. It'll be interesting to see because there's so many factors. Some players are – they obviously they're not they may start with a hybrid with a bubble kind of thing they could just go all playoffs do what they did this time get them in a bubble and just go every other day just start marching games out like they did that could be an option just for playoffs but i do see fans i do see fans in certain places and i do see them playing a majority of the schedule so we'll see what happens there I thought that December 1st needed to be the start date in my mind to get the full season in. And even with that, there's going to be a lot less breaks in action. They, they might even have to go to a modified schedule where there's less East West 
to keep the traveling down, to keep the guys healthy and to do all. Plus, you don't want people moving across the country, you know, because we're, we're still not there's still pockets here. You know, certain places have a little bit more of a challenge than others. And so that that's what baseball did. They modified their schedule to travel. They might have to take a page from what baseball did with that. But yeah. my key thing is I, I'm thinking even though I think December 1st should be the start, I'm thinking that the winter classic is probably the, the, the face off of the season. I mean, I I've been saying it all along. What better way to bring your season in with no bowl games on TV Yep. Uh, to put the winter classic as your start. Are, are we sure there are no bowl games? Cause college football is playing. I mean, as far as I know, there is no postseason football. I haven't heard it announced that there was because of what everything's going on. Because I got I mean, the feeling, and this is just me, and I know we're a hockey show, but I got the feeling this was college football's opportunity to circumvent the Bulls and do their own little playoff and well, really test that out. A, they will do a playoff. We just don't know how many teams I, it will be. I thought again, that they were going to go with, with like eight or 16 teams and do a playoff and then stick it to the Bulls. It's still it's still four as of now, unless they change it. But again, that's a college Pac-10's football. Pac-10's now back. Right. So, But again, look at all the schedules. But anyway, hockey, they need to get started by Jan- early January if they want to get 82 games in plus the playoffs. If they, if they go any later, they're going to cut the season down. But that's just me. We'll see what happens over time. Like I said, we got draft next week, got free agency next Friday. It's going to mm-hmm. be crazy. And speaking of free agency, there is a free agent on the market. He's coming from New York. The New York Rangers officially announced today. They bought out goaltender Henrik Lundqvist. The king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> How crazy is that, guys? What do you think? Oh, Coach Jay, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, I know we talked about him in the qualifying round. I thought his best game was against in the first game against Carolina, and then he went down. But what do you got to say, parting shots on, on um, Henrik Lundqvist? Listen, I love him. I'm a Ranger. He wanted to retire a Ranger. He took the buyout. He wouldn't allow when he trades. You're going to take the buyout and then you're going to sign with another team to screw the organization because you wouldn't give up your no trade clause. No movement clause. I have, I have a problem with that. I love him and everything, but for the reason why he wouldn't be traded and he goes, I want to be a ra- retire a Ranger, then, then, then don't screw the organization by now signing with someone else when you could have gotten traded. You could have gotten traded. Or just retired. A couple of years ago. You could have got traded to San Jose. San Jose. And he, and he was like, he refused. I want to retire a Ranger. So now that he got bought out just to play another year, he's going to go sign with another team. I mean, allow, allow the Rangers to trade you. Why, why Now the Rangers got to take this cap hit, which just screws up the rebuild process. For two years. I mean, it's it's just not to me. I love him. Like he maybe you know he feels a little jolt and he wants to give it back. Then you know what? I wouldn't have bought him out and and just keep him. Then if he's gonna go sign with another NHL team, as Ranger fans, he's that that's a little that that's not right. Jimmy, got a question for you. Yes, sir. You, you know the note the nuts and bolts of this. Yeah. Uh, here's my question here. What would have stopped the Rangers from saying, okay, King, you don't want to retire? You don't want to do something that where we could make you a lifetime member of this organization. Like he could have retired 
and they would have gotten less of a cap hit and they could have given him a, a no show job or any kind of job within the organization and paid him whatever, like like a Bobby Bonilla kind of deal over over 30 years. They could have done anything they wanted to do with that. But what was to stop them when he didn't want to do something like that from saying, OK, we're not cutting you. We're not buying you out. We're not trading you because you won't let us do that. But we're not we're going to scratch you for every game because Georgiev is our number two and Shosturkin's our number one. And you can sit with a clipboard and do whatever you want to do. But you're a nobody does now. So it's called Lamorello Island or Robida Island. This was made famous by Lou Lamorello up in Toronto. Guys like Joffrey Lupo, Stefan Robida were put on LTIR for a mysterious injury that <laughs> came up in a physical. The guys were fine. They probably could play. But they buried the money on LTIR and said, stay away because we don't want you here. Exactly. And, and that's the Rangers could have done that too. And I would have done it. They have $13 million in caps, dead cap space that they're paying to Shattenkirk, Lundquist, Spooner. And I think there's one more in there somewhere that I'm Those missing. Those are the big three. But I mean, think about it. Yeah, they could have done, they could have gone that route too. I would have done that. Or you could have traded Gorgiev and got something for it. But I think. I've been saying this all along. I think the pair of Shesterkin and Gorgia is the way to go until the other kid's ready. Then you have, then you can mix and move pieces and, and you're in the middle of a rebuild and your team is, is doing things the right way. Like Panarin was brought in. Yeah. It accelerated a little bit, but you have guys like Fox and D'Angelo and you got Zabinijad in there. Who's Nevich is stepping up. The problem is they got to sign a guy like Fox, a uh, fat, uh, Jesper Foss. He's a really good player for them. Yeah. So it's great checking forward. It, it, it's it's a double-edged sword, and I think it's the right thing. And I think if he if it's in his heart that he needs to retire a Ranger, he's gonna he's gonna not play this season. But there, and this is again the hypothetical here for me is if you're looking at a fits for him, if he came back because it's like a Brodeur situation when he's St. Louis. That's that's a whole thing. That's what I was thinking level. of. That's a whole different thing with the Devils because Brodeur should have retired in that last game, go out on a high note, but him and Lou had some issues in New Jersey and, you know, and then it took him forever to come back. But a team like Washington with, with a young guy like Samsonov, he could go in there uh, cheap. He could go to Colorado cheap. He could go to San Jose cheap. So now, it, but the problem is now the Rangers are going to be like, hey, wait a minute, we're paying your contract for the next two years and you're getting nothing and you can go play on a contender when we had a trade in place a couple of years ago to bring Jamie Ben to the Rangers and you send you to Dallas. Talk about jumpstarting a rebuild. Jamie Ben would have been a great leadership guy to rebuild around. And Lundquist would have, it would have been a win-win because Lundquist would have been able to go hunt a cup. And I think that's the only knock that I have on a guy like Jason as a Ranger fan. Thank you for 15 years. Thank you for carrying some teams in the playoffs that I, I don't think had a business getting as far as they did if he wasn't the guy back there. Yeah. 2014. With, without a doubt. But the reality of it is here, you had chances the last three years to go to contenders who and hunt a cup who needed the final piece, which is a goaltender, and he didn't take it. And I, and I just don't understand that because Ranger fans would never begrudge him for doing it. We would have applauded him, just like Boston fans felt this ecstasy when, when, when Ray Balk won, won the cup in, in Colorado. You, you root for those guys because they couldn't do it here and it wasn't their fault. Yes. But oh. now, now he's in an acrimonious situation even with the fans. Sad to say. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, look, it was it was good. it was announced last night during started trading, and then like I've seen him play. I got nothing 
but respect for the guy uh, across the river rival. I, I'm one of the best, you know, take the trade. It. I mean, look, you know, he's one of those guys. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that's going to go down about, about one of those best goalies that never, never won, won the cup. Absolutely. Talk about Carey price potentially. I mean, he's won gold medals. He's won world championships. He's done it internationally. He's, he's the king for a reason, the king of New York, you know, all that stuff. But again, like you said, he carried some teams that, he, that had no business making runs in the playoffs. Without a doubt. Got to a Stanley Cup final in 2014. He got to an Eastern Conference final 2015 and 2012. Ran up against some teams, um, you know, but it, it – it wasn't his fault a lot of the times. Oh, it never was his fault. And the defense no. in front of him wasn't, you know, that great. So sometimes he got hung out to dry. But but maybe now he can look and be like, all right, it's time to go to the next level with the buyout. I can just hang out and just relax and and maybe be a member of the organization somehow, some way later on in life. Well, it's, it's, it's sad that now he's going to go hunt the cup when he should have done it three years ago when he was still at the end when the window was closing for him, but he still had enough gas to, you know, put it together for 16 postseason wins. So he it's could have said, listen, try and trade me, you know, take half of a hit on trade the me right. Freaking now <laughs> take a half a hit on the cap for the organization. I'll take a trade now. Right. Are you saying that no team was willing to take him for four mil? Of course they were. Someone's going to sign him, you know, so they, they would, they would do it. If you know that you're the goalie away, or at least you're going to, you're now committed to the two headed monster for goalies. You know, he's a perfect second guy. The problem is like, as we saw in the, in the, in the qualifying round of the playoffs, he, he doesn't have it every night. And then when he doesn't have it, those goals come fast and furious, man. They really do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they do. do. And it's, it's hard to watch. And it's a shame because Shesterkin was the guy going in. He was unfit to play. Don't understand why Gorgiev didn't go in. That was we, the mistake. We talk, we, Sentimentality. We talked about that on prior episodes, too. But you go to Lundqvist. Yeah, granted, he had success against Carolina. But after you lost game one, you needed to make the goalie change. Exactly. And go to Gorgiev there um, to give your team a chance. Again, power playing game one. But we we talked about that on the first episode. And, yep. And, earlier episodes but you know it's an homage to the king of new york and you know an homage to the stanley cup playoffs you know hats off all around um applause all around now we got the draft tuesday obviously lafreniere gonna go to the rangers it's gonna <laughs> you be think <laughs> unless yeah, the canadians think. come unless the canadians trade five draft picks and some star players there's no way he's not going to the rangers <laughs> right ottawa tried Three, the three, the five, the number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not gonna but happen. Was, no, 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 no. All righty, so, guys. I mean, I, I think it's it's you know let's let's tie it up over here. We got to thank everybody who's been with us for the whole cup run. I mean, granted, we weren't in a bubble. We were we were outdoors, outside playing hockey or coaching hockey like that guy. But you know, we were. We were enjoying ourselves. We were out there. We, we enjoyed this playoff run. I thank the players. I thank, thank, thank everyone for, for giving us, you know, something to watch every night. There was at least one great game. If not more, we saw some stars emerge. We saw some great, so we saw some great playing in the end. I, I think this is some of some of the best hockey I've ever seen. You know, some people are complaining, Oh, it's in the bubble. It's not the same. No, this was great. And you, and you know what? I forgot to mention the guys who handled the sound inside the arenas, they actually coordinated the right 
amount of fan noise for each specific play. It was amazing how those guys were on their game. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Hats off to the players. Hats off to the, everybody who pulled it off. Hats off to the sound guys. Hats off to everybody. Hats off to everybody who was with us through the Stanley cup playoffs. There was, was awesome from August 1st had games on every day. It was love tough. it. I'm missing when it already. When we only have one or two games on a night, we didn't have that five game window starting at like 12, 11. That was always fun. But, you know, last we're not hockey here for you. We were here every step of the way. We're going to be continuing with you every step of the way with the draft free agency. We'll be here. We'll be talking pucks. We'll be bringing the guests. We got a lot of off-season guests lined up. We're going to bring some people on. I'm going to talk a lot of hockey to get you ready for next season. Uh, it's just going to – it's just so much fun, so much things to do. We got the podcast launch. I, I'm just glad everybody's been with us, the viewers, everybody. I'm just glad – you know, everybody could be with us and join us. And I'm just proud to be with these two gentlemen right here. Say so right Same back at you, buddy. Gentlemen. Right back at you. you. I mean, I'm looking forward to remotes. We'll do a lot of those. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun with that. And uh-huh. let's, let's commit. Let us commit here, packed amongst the three of us, that when they finally do allow fans back into all or one of the three buildings here in the New York metro area, that we get out to one of those and we do a live remote show in front of them just to feel like we're part of real hockey again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm down with that. Yes. Don't forget, we're going to be live on location in Danbury for the Mustache Classic. And hopefully we can get the star of the Goon movie and book. Doug on the, the Thug. Doug the Thug to come on, talk some pucks with us, enjoy some Mustache Classic. But again, this is, it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. Can't wait to do it again. We'll be back again next week talking draft, talking free agency. We're not going anywhere. Neither should you. Again, thanks for everybody for tuning in tonight. This has been Last Run on Hockey, Season 1, Episode 14. Take it easy, everybody. Good night. Take care. Good night, guys.